Well, good morning, Grace Church. Man, it is so good to see all of you here. My name is Brandon, and I'm the pastor here. And last week, we kicked off our series at the movies. And the reason we do this is every single week at Grace Church, we love to take truth and and things that we find in the Bible and help illustrate those truths with stories, with uh, movies. And this is something that Jesus actually did in his ministry too, where Jesus used what's called parables or stories to help illustrate the truth that he was trying to communicate. And so in this series, we're going to be taking some popular movies that hopefully you all know to help communicate some values and truth that we find in God's word. And last week we talked about the one of my favorite comedies of all time, What About Bob? Um, how many of you, and be honest, you went home and you immediately put What About Bob on? Anybody? Anybody? Be honest. You can be honest. There we go. I knew, I knew somebody did it, okay? That movie is fantastic, and we talked about how that, that movie helped illustrate that life will invade our rest sometimes. We talked about how we need rest and Sabbath in our lives to help restore us. But on the flip side of that, what if we feel like maybe we're just stuck? Or maybe not even stuck, we just feel like in our lives right now, we're just kind of on cruise control. Maybe a few years ago, you decided to follow Jesus, and, and you, that was it. Like, you feel like that's all you had to do. Or you think, well, I go to church, you know, twice a month. I read my Bible um, a couple times a week. I, I even pray when, when I need God to help me with something. Or maybe you, 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 you have a fear of failing, and that's holding you back. That, you feel like that's kind of keeping you exactly where you are, or maybe it's a past hurt that you have, and before you know it, you're complacent. You're just kind of here, just kind of not moving forward, not moving backwards. You're just kind of floating through space. And today we're going to be looking at the movie The Lion King to help illustrate how God wants bigger and better things for us than just floating through space. God has a bigger and better plan for our lives. But before I do that, I just need to make sure. How many of you have seen The Lion King before? Okay, every hand's up. Okay, good. Well, just to make sure, if you have not seen it, uh, Simba, who's the son of the king of Pride Rock named Mufasa, um, he has this horrible moment where Mufasa is betrayed by his brother Scar and murdered by a pack of wildebeest in a valley, um, which, by the way, this is a Disney movie made for kids, okay? Kind of brutal, but that's Disney, I guess. Um, And so Scar, after Mufasa is murdered because Scar wants to take over and rule, Scar convinces Simba, this was your fault. You need to run. You need to get away from here. And that's what Simba does. Simba runs, and he ends up in the jungle where he meets two of the greatest animated characters of all time, Timon and Pumbaa. And Timon and Pumbaa introduce him to a a world-famous song, a song that a lot of you probably know. Check this out. What? Huh? 
Hakuna Matata. It means no worries. Hakuna Matata. What a wonderful phrase. Hakuna Matata. Ain't no peasant craze. It means no worries for the rest of your days. It's our problem free. What's a motto with you? <laughs> you know, kid, these two words will solve all your problems. That's right. Take Pumbaa, for example. Why, when he was a young warthog. When I was a young warthog. Very nice. I know all of you are like, can we keep watching? Can we just watch the Lion King today at church? Um, so Simba... Simba should be king. Simba should be doing mighty things. Simba should be leading his pride. Simba should be ruling over his kingdom. But instead, what's Simba doing? He's eating bugs and singing songs with Timon and Pumbaa without a care in the world. Why? Because Simba believed a lie. Simba believed that he had failed, that he had let his father down and so rather than try again rather than go back and face what he views as a failure he says hakuna matata no problem no worries i'm good i'll just stay right where i am meanwhile simba should have been king he should have been growing he should have been leading he should have been pushing himself to be the best king and leader that pride rock had ever seen. See, I think the motto Hakuna Matata is, it's more like this. Hakuna Matata means no growth. Hakuna Matata means no growth. And the author of Hebrews writes to a group of people that were kind of living the Hakuna Matata lifestyle. And so the author doesn't mince words, okay? The author in Hebrews chapter 5, verses 11 to 14, he kind of goes at this group of people. And this is what the author says. There is much more we would like to say about this, but it's difficult to explain, especially since you are spiritually dull. Yikes. And you don't seem to listen. You've been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. But instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word. You're like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. The author here is telling these people, listen, You've been following Jesus long enough. You should be teaching others at this point. You should be showing and modeling and communicating what it looks like to follow Jesus. But instead, I have to keep teaching you the basics. You're, you still need milk. You should be eating meat. You're not growing up. 
You're living the Hakuna Matata lifestyle. We're good. No worries. I'll just stay right where I am. This is easy. So what does that look like for you? Maybe you met Jesus years ago and you went all in. And yet when you look at your life today, it looks no different. It feels no different. Maybe you even go to church or read your Bible once in a while and pray when you need something, but you're not taking steps forward. But you're also not taking steps backward. You're just kind of coasting. You're just kind of complacent. I'm good where I I am. Or maybe you're like me for so long where I feared that I would let God down so much that I wasn't willing to step out in faith. Which it's such a what, a, what a lie that is that we can let God down. There's an incredible song by this worship band called Maverick City where they talk about how can I let God down? It's not like I was holding him up in the first place. I'm not holding God up. I can't let him down. But I let this fear of failing hold me back. I, I, I took the easy route because I knew that I could do the easy stuff and it eliminated the risk of failing. See, I think complacency says whatever's easiest, that's what I want. I'm good with how things are. No worries. And that's easier. When I am on the highway... I use uh, one of God's greatest gifts to mankind. I use what's called cruise control, which for whatever reason, my wife hates cruise control and will never use it whenever she drives. Don't understand why, but that's her thing, okay? But when I, when I get on 24 and I set cruise control at 80, I mean 55, <laughs> when I set it at 55, I do that because it's easier. It's one less thing I have to worry about. I can just hit cruise control and I don't even have to touch the gas pedal. I can just cruise along. And maybe right now that's exactly where you're at in your spiritual walk is you just got cruise control on. Maybe there's a God. Maybe that's what you're thinking. Maybe there's a God. Maybe maybe God has bigger things for me or maybe I could do more, but man, that would... I'd actually have to put in some work, and I'm, I'm good. I'm good just staying exactly where I am. I know where I could be, but I think I'm good. See, Simba knew where he should be. Simba knew who he was. Simba knew the purpose that he had, and yet he avoided it. He stayed complacent. He stayed complacent. Meanwhile, his land, his people, they suffered. Check out this clip. No. Come. Sit with us. 
By the way, uh, I did not like the live action one. I'm sorry I couldn't find the old school one, but that's, that's literally all I could find on YouTube for that clip. Um, but what we see of Simba's land there is dead. It's dried up. It's pretty much lifeless. And a lot of times when we become complacent, that's what our spiritual life looks like. That's what our spiritual life looks like. If we're being honest, it's just boring. And I'm here to tell you today, if you did not know this yet, following Jesus is anything but boring. When you go all in on Jesus, it is anything but boring. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 to 7 says this, But God is so rich in mercy, and He loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, even though our lives looked like what we just saw, dead, lifeless, He gave us life when He raised Christ from the dead. And it's only by God's grace that we've been saved. Nothing that we can do, nothing we will ever be able to do will be able to save us. It's only God's grace. For he raised us from the dead long ago with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. See, what we see in that passage is God has given us purpose. God has given us life. He has renewed our passions. When we choose to put our faith and trust and hope in everything and go all in on Jesus and say, I'm done trying to do it myself. When we say that, when we mean that, when we do that, he calls us his own. He calls us his sons and daughters, and it will never cease to blow my mind that as long as I live, the creator of the universe, our father in heaven, looks at me even when I'm at my worst and says, that's my son that I love. He's given us a mission. If you have gone all in on Jesus, he has given you a mission to help everyone around you that's spiritually disconnected and floating through space know and follow Jesus. And that's a mission that does not stop. That's a mission that does not sleep. That's something that's alive. That's something that I want to be a part of. And to be, that sounds like the opposite of complacency. That sounds like something that's always moving, changing, growing, adapting. See, God has so much more for you and for me. And we can't let complacency rob us of God's purpose for our lives. See, complacency is just a slow death. It's just a slow death. And we need a cure. And I think the cure that we find when we read God's word, when we look at how God works all throughout the Bible, the cure I think we find in the cure for complacency is surrender. It's surrender. Because I, I think a complacent life, in a lot of ways, is a life that's actually pushing against what God wants for you. It's pushing away from God and a life that might be a little inconvenienced by God. That's what complacency 
does. See, there's no, there's no middle ground in your spiritual walk, okay? There's no middle ground. There is either in every decision, every action, every word, every moment of every day, you're either moving away from God or you're moving towards God. When I make a decision, it's not like I just stay right here. I move towards God or I move away from God. And a complacent life, a life that hasn't fully surrendered to God, maybe, maybe you've given him 40%. Maybe you've given him your Sunday morning. Maybe you've given him 80%. God wants 100% of you because he gave 100% for you. Listen to Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. And this is written by a guy named Paul. A guy named Paul that we see in the second half of the Bible, the New Testament, that was murdering Christians, that hated the church. And then he had a radical encounter where he met Jesus and his whole life is changed. Listen to what he says in Galatians 2.20. My old self has been crucified with Christ. The guy I used to be that hated Christians and killed them, that guy's gone. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That's a hundred percent. That's a hundred percent surrender to God, saying, it's no longer I who live. It is Christ living within me. That is complete surrender to God. It's remembering that when, when you choose to follow Jesus, when you go all in, when I went all in, it's no longer Brandon that's living. It's Jesus living through me. And for Simba, who is stuck, who is living this complacent life, just saying, no worries, no problems. I don't want to deal with it. I'm good. This is easy. I'll just stay here. That lifestyle, it kept him complacent and stuck for years until he remembered who he was. Check out this powerful clip. Forgotten me. 
Look inside yourself, Simba. You are more than what you have become. You must take your place in the circle of life. How can I go back? I'm not who I used to be. Remember who you are. You are my son and the one true king. I think sometimes we forget who we are. I think sometimes we forget the purpose God has given us. I think sometimes I forget who lives within me. And what God is waiting for is for you and me to stop fighting and to surrender and to remember who he is. I know it's easier to put it on cruise control. easier for me to put it on cruise control and give God what I want when I want to. I know it's easier to talk to God only when we want something. I know it's scary to say, God, whatever you want with my life and my family's lives, I give it to you, but it's time to surrender. It's time to remember who God is. And to, it's time to stop being complacent. Man, because a life that is not complacent but surrendered is anything but boring. What would this church look like if every single person here was not satisfied with the status quo? What if every single person here was not satisfied with a complacent walk? Man, how different would our lives look? How different would our communities look? A, a life surrendered to Jesus, it's full of life, it's full of adventure, it's full of challenges, and trust me, it's full of a lot of surprises. <laughs> it's full of a lot of things that you were not expecting. That's what a life surrendered is. And we see this, we see this all throughout the Bible. If you open up this book and you start to read, what you're going to find is stories of people that had an opportunity to stay complacent and keep the status quo, but instead chose surrender. I think about Moses, who was a shepherd who ran away from Egypt because he murdered somebody. He runs away. And while he's living in the fields, tending sheep for his father-in-law, God comes to him and speaks to him through a burning bush and says, Moses, I've chosen you to lead millions of my people out of captivity. 
And it might have taken Moses a little while, but eventually he surrenders and God uses him to lead his people out of Egypt. I think about the disciples, the first followers of Jesus that were fishermen or worked other normal jobs. And Jesus comes to them and says, hey, leave all of that and come and follow me. And in that moment, those disciples were faced with a choice. Keep the status quo or surrender. And they surrendered and their lives were never the same. I think about Queen Esther who was placed in this position as queen of all these different people living in a palace, living the lavish life. And she's faced with the decision, either fight against that and and help her people who are about to be uh, put off the face of the map. And she's given a choice. Save her people from mass genocide or keep the status quo. And instead, she chose to surrender to God's will for her life. And all of these people, they could have been complacent. They could have kept the status quo, but God had bigger things in store. Listen to 2 Peter. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 5 to 9. In view of all of this, everything we've been talking about, make every effort to respond to God's promises. How do we know what God's promises are? Well, we have to actually open up his word. We actually have to read the Bible to learn what God's promises are. And they're incredible. Goes on, supplement your faith with a a generous provision of moral excellence and moral excellence with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with patient endurance. We just talked about that patient endurance in the book of James a couple weeks ago and patient endurance with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love for everyone. The more you grow like this, keyword grow, the more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But, and here's the warning, but those who fail to develop and stay complacent and stay where they are in this way are short-sighted or blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their old sins. They forget who they are. So the key words in this verse, make every effort and grow. Take steps forward each and every day. We have the choice. Move closer to God or move further from God in every action, in every word, in every parenting decision, in the time we put into our relationship with God. It's up to us. My soccer coach used to tell me, Brandon, you will get out of this what you put in. The time you spend at practice, the time you spend working hard and getting better, that will determine how good you are at this sport. And the same is true when it comes to our relationship with God. The easier thing to do is is nothing. It's to put it in cruise control. It's to stay right where we are. But I think God has so much more in store for us when we turn over the keys to our life, when we truly surrender to him. And so I'm not not sure where you're at this morning. What's, What's amazing is God is working in each and every person in this room individually in different ways. And so I don't know where you're at. Maybe this morning you haven't gone all in on Jesus. In fact, maybe this is the first time you've ever even heard the name of Jesus. 
And if that's you, what I want you to hear this morning is God has so much more for your life than just making money, building a house, having a white picket fence, and just kind of floating. There's so much more in store for you. He has an incredible plan and purpose for your life, and he's just waiting for you to go all in on him. He's waiting for you to surrender. He's offering you hope and eternity spent with him. He's offering you peace when you have none. He's offering you a cure for that anxiety that is not going away. He's offering you grace even when it feels like you could not be farther from him. This is the best decision you can ever make in your entire life is surrendering yourself fully to God. And so if that's you this morning, what I want you to do in your seat, quietly, eyes closed, you know, in your head, I want you to pray this prayer with me. God, I have disobeyed you. I've been selfish towards others. I know without Jesus, I am lost. And so this morning, I'm asking you, I'm surrendering to you to be the Lord of my life. Now, if you just prayed that prayer for the very first time and went all in on Jesus, man, the Bible says there is a party happening in heaven. We are here to celebrate that with you, to encourage you, to help you, whatever we can do. Anyone wearing an I Can Help shirt in this building, talk to them. Come talk to me. I'd love to help get you set up, get a Bible in your hands, and give you next steps on what it looks like to follow Jesus. That's the best decision you'll ever make in your life. Maybe you're in this room, though, and you have been following Jesus. Maybe for a couple of years, maybe for a few weeks, maybe for a long, long, long time, but you feel like you're stuck. You feel like you've become complacent in your faith. And so if that's you, I want to challenge you to do a couple of things. The first is this. One of my friends... Um, a few years ago, told me something that stuck with me ever since. He said, every single morning when I wake up, I pray, Holy Spirit, what do you want to do with me today? First of all, bold prayer, and get ready when you start to pray that prayer every single day for God to do something in your life. Because that is a prayer, that is a way to start your day in complete surrender. That's waking up every day and saying, God, today it's yours. It's not mine. Every word I say, every decision I make, every action I take, not mine. It's yours. I want to surrender it to you. And the the next thing is maybe for you, your next step is you just need to start serving on Sunday mornings. I know it. the easy thing to do is roll in here, 11.15, for being honest. The service starts at 11, by the way. 11.15, right? Grab our coffee, sit down, sing a couple songs, hear teaching, and then leave. It's an easy thing to do, right? And it's great. It's great. We need to be in church. But maybe what you need to get you out of that complacency is to sacrifice a little more and say, I need to start serving. The cafe our kids' ministry, maybe it's in our parking lot, maybe it's safety team, maybe it's up here, worship, 
Maybe it's our media booth, greeting, whatever it is, maybe that's your next step. Or maybe all you need is you need somebody to push you. You need that one person, those two people in your life that are pushing you to go deeper. Somebody that's challenging you to read your Bible more. Somebody that's checking in and saying, hey, how can I pray for you? Hey, are, are you spending time with God today? Are you sharing Jesus? I know you have that coworker that's spiritually disconnected that doesn't know Jesus. Are you, are you sharing Jesus with that person? See, Simba, while he was off in the jungle, his best friend Nala left Pride Rock and pursued Simba because she knew who Simba really was. She knew Simba's purpose. And so she went, she pushed him, she held him accountable. We need the same thing. These are just a few examples. Whatever it takes, whatever gets you off cruise control, do it. 2 Peter 1.8, the more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus. That's what I want. So let's make every effort every day to grow more and more like Jesus, to love our communities better, and to spend more time with our Father in heaven to help more people know and follow Jesus. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for who you are. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the Bible, that it helps remind us of who we are. When we have chosen and gone all in to follow you, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives within me. I thank you for that. I thank you that when I'm weak, you are strong. God, I pray for the people in this room right now that maybe this morning you're showing them they're complacent. They're just going through the motions. They're just on cruise control. God, I pray that this morning they would choose to stop that. God, to, to choose to go all in, to surrender it all, to give it all to you.